to another episode of the Modern Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Brown, a lettuce-hating, wine-loving, curses-like-a-sailor, recovering perfectionist. Having thrived in a male-dominated, commission-based industry, I'm passionate about helping women boldly pursue their life goals. In this space, we build confidence with our mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. I believe that your life manifests as a result of who you are, not what you do, and that your personality creates your personal reality. Join this growing community to increase your net worth by increasing your self-worth. Now let's jump into today's topic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. In today's episode, we are talking all about the intrusive thoughts that we experience while we're meditating. And initially, I was going to talk about meditation as a broad topic. I was going to talk about the benefits, the different types, and then also the intrusive thoughts aspect of it. But as I started writing the episode, I realized that more than half of it was focusing on these intrusive thoughts. And when I thought about it, I realized it's because this was the number one thing that kept me from meditating for years. Even though everyone in my life that I had a positive relationship with was telling me how good meditation was. My therapist, my nutritionist, my doctor, everyone in my life was like, meditation is great for you. You should be doing it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Everyone's saying it. And I'm also still not going to do it. <laughs> So I thought I would address this because I'm sure I'm not the only person that used those intrusive thoughts as a really convenient excuse as to why I didn't meditate. So if you're like, yeah, yeah, Brie, I've heard it before. I'm just not good at it. My mind doesn't stop wandering. So I'm probably not going to do it anyway, but carry on. I've already pressed play. Then this episode is especially for you. And hopefully at the end of today's episode, if you ever hear friends or family say that they don't meditate and they use that same excuse because my mind doesn't shut off and I'm not good at it, you will be able to pull from this episode and be like, actually, here's the reasons why that is a really healthy response. Da, 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 da. And you should go meditate. You should add this into your day today. <laughs> and to those people, I get it. I do. I was this person. I had such a bad monkey mind that I would get really irritated when I meditated, which is probably a telltale sign that it was a really great thing for me. <laughs> and I think a lot of us do this. We resist the things that we know are good and healthy for us. I had all of these really intrusive thoughts two minutes after, actually probably not even two minutes, two seconds after I sat down, they just start peppering me. And so I'd convince myself that, that I'd done enough, that I'd end it there. And then I'd only end up meditating like once a month. And actually, that was pretty generous. I'd probably say I definitely put meditation down on my list as things to do every day, but I probably only ever did it like once a quarter, maybe, <laughs> if I'm being very truthful. And the main reason why is because it was extremely uncomfortable to experience this rapid fire of thoughts that just entered my mind. I believed that it said I wasn't good at this thing, and therefore I thought I shouldn't bother trying because I probably wasn't getting the benefits from it anyway because I couldn't shut off my mind. And we're going to talk all about that today, and I'm especially going to talk about why that was misguided thinking. So if you are someone where you're like, I can't shut off my own mind, so I'm probably not getting the benefits from it, just know that that is incorrect, and we're going to get into all of these things today. 
So you've already heard a little bit about my own experience with meditation in the beginning, but I'm going to add a little bit more to this in case this resonates with any of you. And that is that anytime I was thinking about meditating, I always created this set of conditions that had to be met in order for me to meditate, which is funny because now that I meditate on a daily basis, I realize that I do it in the most random of places. I could be sitting in my car after I've parked in the grocery store parking lot and might do two minutes of meditation. I might be at my desk after a meeting and just sitting there for a minute meditating. I could be in the middle of a crowded airport and take a moment to sit there and meditate and to go internally for a few minutes. But when I first started meditating, I didn't allow myself any of this kind of creativity. Instead, it was all or nothing. I'm going to do this perfectly, how I assume someone would meditate in a movie, or I'm not going to meditate at all. (laughs) And so what that looked like for me is that I was like, okay, well, the house has to be quiet. No one can be mowing next door. No one can be listening to loud music. There can't be a dog barking nearby. I have to have my meditation pillow because, you know, my hips have to be propped up just right. I have to have a salt lamp on because I read somewhere that that was great and positive for you. I have to be well rested because I don't want to try to fall asleep. I have to be full but not too full. But I also don't want my stomach rumbling. I had to have the right guided meditation ready to go, etc., etc., etc. I was creating these set of conditions that were required in order to meditate. And if you did my workshop on goal setting, which is still available on my website, then you would know that this is called raising the bar on yourself. This is what we do when we are trying to keep ourselves from starting something that's positive change. It's a sneaky little trick from our ego. It's a way for our ego to be like, nope, we don't want any change. So we're going to create these set of conditions so that it's almost impossible for you to start the thing consistently. So that is was where I was when I started my meditation journey, this all-or-nothing mindset. And that included, well, if I can't shut off my brain and quiet it, then I shouldn't even bother. That all-or-nothing also applied to, can I shut off my thoughts entirely or not? And because meditation lives in that gray area, it gave me a great reason to stop meditating and to not make it a consistent practice. So I say that Just in case any of you are experiencing the same thing. I get it. Meditation isn't easy. But if it were easy, then it also wouldn't be beneficial. That's kind of the thing about challenges for personal growth. Yes, they're uncomfortable. They create resistance within you. But that's where the growing happens. Meditation is no different. In fact, I think it's one of the most beneficial tools that you can use for personal development and for manifestation. We'll do another episode on just meditating and manifestation because that's such a big topic as well. I honestly feel like meditation, if everyone in the world could just meditate, the world would be a better place. 100% I stand behind that statement. (laughs) I feel like there would be less war, there would be less violence, there would be less misunderstandings, there would be more compassion and empathy and and focus and all of these other beautiful things if everyone just meditated. So if you don't do it for yourself, do it for the world. Do it for world peace. (laughs) Sorry, I immediately went to Miss Congeniality. Oh man. Shout out Sandra Bullock, one of my favorite movies. But the truth was is that I didn't like that meditation wasn't easy or that it didn't come easily to me. And the truth was is that I didn't like that meditating made me so uncomfortable. Like, it's freaking hard. 
it is hard to sit there and to focus your mind and to shut the world out or whatever the focus is, depending on the meditation you're doing. It's really hard to be constantly berated with these intrusive thoughts and to keep going. And this discouraged me from continuing the practice because I just assumed I sucked at it. Like, why bother doing something if I'm not even good at it? Which is like a whole other topic on resilience that we can save for another day. Just know that that line of thinking was not healthy. (laughs) But that's how I approached meditation. And here is the true meditation paradox. Here's what I want you to take away from this. The people who do not like meditation or the people who say they're not good at meditation are the people who will benefit from it the most. So when someone tells me they don't meditate because it's hard or they don't meditate because they can't shut their brain off, all I think is that you're the exact person that should be meditating. You just told me exactly why you should be meditating. (laughs) It's kind of like if you pulled your hamstring and you went to the doctor and they were like, well, you're extremely tight. You need to stretch more. And you're just like, I'm not flexible, so I'm not going to do that. And they're kind of like, yeah, that's the whole point. (laughs) That's exactly why you pulled your hamstring. That's why you should be doing this thing is because you're not flexible. So you should be stretching to help counteract that thing. That's the exact same thing that happens when people are like, I don't meditate because I can't shut my brain off. Yes, exhibit A. You probably can't shut your brain off because you don't meditate. This is why you should be doing it. (laughs) And the catch-22 of meditation is that the people who need it the most resist it the most and are less likely to do it. So frustrating. The moment in my life when I needed meditation the most was when I was running around, stressed out of my mind, hyperproductive, type A personality, perfectionist, with no personal boundaries, and all of this shit to do. But because of all of this, I also use that as an excuse as to why I didn't meditate, because I didn't have time. But that's not necessarily true. I didn't want to make the time. Because I still had time for wine night and Netflix and volunteer work. I made time for all those other things. But for me, meditation wasn't a priority. And I won't even say that it wasn't a priority. It was just, it was uncomfortable. And I didn't feel like it was something that was important because it felt like a waste of time. The doing nothingness felt like a waste of time. Which is hilarious because at that point in my life, I was also trying to figure out how to stop being so stressed. How to bring down my cortisol levels how to balance my nervous system, how to get out of that constant fight-or-flight mode that I was in. I was in sympathetic dominance constantly, never allowing my body to go into the rest-and-digest parasympathetic state. And so I was looking for what supplements I could take, what workout classes I could sign up for, what music I could listen to. I was researching all the ways to balance my adrenals, to exit this fight-or-flight mode. You know, what was something outside of myself that I could do to reduce my stress. I never wanted to look inward. And the funny thing was, is that the thing that I was resisting, meditation, was the answer to most of those things. I might even say all of those things. But meditation was hard. It was uncomfortable. And I wanted an easier way. I wanted a pill, a class, a song, a technique. I didn't want to just sit with myself. 
The last thing I want to do is slow down enough to face my own internal environment. I didn't know what the hell was in there. I thought it was a shit show. (laughs) Why would I want to go and subject myself to that? I thought in my mind that that could only make things worse to have to get aggravated by sitting and doing nothing and then not being good at it and not knowing what was waiting for me there. And all of that terrified me. Like, what if I sat down for meditation and realized that all of a sudden I could slow down and look at my life and realize that so many of the things that I was doing was for nothing or was for this identity that I had that wasn't congruent with who I wanted to be. And of course, I wasn't conscious to any of this at the time, but looking back on it, I'm thinking about why was I so resistant to this concept of meditation? And I think a lot of my resistance was coming from the things that I now know to be true about myself then. And I share this with you so that if you're someone that's listening to this and you're like, I'm still just, I don't know, I just, I don't like meditation. I don't want to do it. Sit with that. Maybe that can be the first thing that you meditate with is, why does this so, why does this feel so uncomfortable for me? Why is this something that I resist so much? Let that be the first lesson or the first thing that you sit on, the first intention. Because whatever you find there might be life-changing. For me, that's what COVID forced me to do. That slowing down in my life forced me to look at everything. And meditation, thankfully, became a part of my life at that point. But I think it's because the world around me slowed down and I realized that it was okay to have a slower-paced life. The world wasn't going to fall apart around me. You know, I felt like I had so many dishes spinning in the air previously and that if I just slowed down at all, one of the, the plates would just start crashing around me. And when COVID hit, I realized, oh, life can still go on at a slower pace and it can still feel safe and I can still hold an identity about myself that I enjoy. And then I was able to go into meditation feeling that sense of, of safety. So just sit with it and see where it takes you. But here's also the really cool thing about meditation. The harder it is for you, the more you suck at it, the better it is for you. And the more efficient your meditation practice will be. Because the more you suck at it is directly correlated to how beneficial and how impactful meditation is for you. So like someone that's been meditating for years and they easily get to that place where their mind kind of shuts off and they're able to really focus in, meditation is less helpful for them in the long run. Partially because they've already gained the benefits from that. They've already been able to organize their mind in that way. But that's kind of the beautiful thing about being at the very beginning of your meditation journey is that you have so much growth that can occur from you just be- from you just committing to this, to just saying, yes, I'm going to create a consistent practice, whatever consistency looks like to you. That means even if you sit down and meditate for just three minutes a day or five minutes a day, that is going to be so much more helpful for you than someone that's been meditating for a long time. There's like this exponential change that happens when you start meditating and you'll be at the very beginning of that exponential growth. And I think that's really fucking exciting for anyone that's tuning into this. And they're like, what's one of those things that can help me calm my nervous system and get me to a place where I'm manifesting from a place of safety and peace and calmness and joy and love and happiness? Meditation is that thing. It's one of the most powerful tools that you can use for manifestation because it helps you get your nervous system right. And when you get your nervous system right, that means it's less often that you're dealing with things like anxiety, 
like limiting beliefs, like your ego, your intrusive ego. It's helping you manage all of those things in a really healthy way. And we know that all of those things impact what you're manifesting. Sorry, I said I was going to do a whole other episode on manifestation and meditation, so that's what I'm going to do. But I do want to say that in this episode because I think it pertains to what we're talking about here. So I'll have to do another episode on just the benefits of meditation while I'm at it and then also with manifestation. So the more you suck at meditation, the more efficient your use of time is when you sit down to practice. And the intrusive thoughts are a good indicator that your mind is untamed. Your thoughts haven't had any boundaries. They haven't had any rules to subscribe to. They've just been freaking anarchy in your mind. (laughs) And some people call this the monkey mind. Like when you have a lot of thoughts that are just flashing all the time while you're trying to meditate, it's kind of like your your inner thoughts or your inner monologue are like petulant children. They're just going to interject whenever they feel like it. Even if you're in the middle of something, like you are in meditating, you're trying to focus. But they're not used to structure or organization, so they're going to continue to do what they always do. But there's a lot of beautiful research out there that shows that meditation directly impacts our ability to have more organized thoughts, more flow, and can help us rewire our brain in a healthy way, creating new neural pathways for ourselves that allows us to have less disorganization. And if you've never meditated, even just three minutes a day consistently will allow you to experience massive changes over time. And this can really help you. Like as an example, I'm someone that really struggles with ADHD. You could probably tell in this podcast because I kind of beep bop around, jump from all these little topics. And then I get back on track and then I kind of go off on a tangent again. Then I get back on track. (laughs) I'm working on it. But I will say that I am unmedicated and meditation has directly and positively impacted me. Now, I'm not telling anyone out there to get off your meds and to just meditate. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that this can be a really helpful tool to you to utilize in addition to whatever you're already doing, or it could be something that you consider looking into for yourself. If you're like, hey, that really resonates, maybe I want to look into how something like meditation can help me become more focused, can really help me with something like ADHD whatever your thing is. Meditation can help you organize your thoughts and the act of focusing while you're meditating can help your brain form more structure so you're not bouncing all over the place. That's kind of how it feels in my brain sometimes. I feel like really overwhelmed because my brain just goes a million miles per hour and it's bouncing to all these different little topics. But I've noticed that ever since I started meditating, that's happening less. There seems to be more organization. There seems to be more thought. There seems to be more flow in the way that my brain is processing. And research is showing that I'm not an anomaly, that this isn't the placebo effect. This seems to be a common thread or a common trend for people that do meditate. So if nothing else, let that be the thing that gets you to commit to this. (laughs) There's a Buddhist quote I heard one time that goes something like, if you don't have time to meditate for 20 minutes a day, you need two hours. (laughs) Because you can't afford to be disorganized or inefficient with your tasks, with your mind. Your mind needs to be fully organized and intentional when it goes to complete the task. So you spend more time preparing your mind with meditation. So that way, when you go to attack the task, you're more organized, you're more efficient in how you do it. 
So in quite a literal sense, meditation is like a system defragmentation for your brain. And if you don't know what that is, it's a really helpful systems tool that you can run on your laptop or your computer. I highly recommend that you do it. It makes your computer more efficient. See, you come here for manifestation and meditation, and you also learn a little bit about technology. (laughs) But that is a great tool. And what it does is it basically is your computer scanning all of your various files on your hard drive, and it organizes them into neat little sections or chapters or whatever you want to call them, neat little piles, so that when it goes to find a file in the future, it can just immediately go to the place where those kinds of files are stored, as opposed to jumping all around the hard drive looking for that one file. As you can imagine, it's much more efficient when it's been organized into little subsections. That is what meditation does for your brain. It helps your brain to defrag. So meditation really helps you tame that monkey mind and to tame those intrusive thoughts. However, what I really want to talk about in today's episode is not necessarily the thoughts themselves, but the benefits that those thoughts provide. Yes, benefits. These intrusive thoughts are not a sign that you are doing it wrong, that you are messing up, and that you should stop. These thoughts are actually an indicator that you are making progress and that you are reaping the benefits of meditation. So let's talk about some of the theories and ideas around why we might have these intrusive thoughts, but also why these intrusive thoughts are benefits. So we're going to touch on a couple different things, and yes, they contradict because no one really knows why we have these intrusive thoughts. However, these are the ones that actually resonate with me on some level, and I feel like they can all be true in some capacities. So let's jump into some of the benefits of intrusive thoughts and why they might occur. The first reason is that This helps you cultivate more awareness about how your brain operates on a day-to-day basis, what your brain's habits are. Because more than likely, your brain is probably experiencing these intrusive thoughts all of the time anyway. And you're just recognizing them when you meditate because you're actively trying to quiet the mind. So it's a lot more apparent to you that you have all these intrusive thoughts. But most of us will likely have those intrusive thoughts even while we're on a walk, even while we're in a meeting. Your brain's just popping all over the place. But it's not as noticeable because you're actively engaged in thinking. But when you're trying to settle your mind down, you're trying to focus it in, all of a sudden, those little thoughts, those intrusive thoughts that keep taking your attention away to something else, that keep grabbing your attention and taking it other places— All of a sudden, that starts feeling really irritating and annoying, and you're exhausted by this constant interruption while you're trying to meditate. That's the resistance that causes a lot of people to stop meditating. But the thing is, is that that's happening anyway, and you're just noticing it for the first time. Or maybe not the first time, but you get what I mean. How do you think this is impacting you throughout your day? How much of an impact do you think that these thoughts have on your life, on your ability to manifest? If your brain is always battling these intrusive thoughts, well, that means you have a beautiful area of opportunity to work on that, to get yourself more organized, to get yourself to a place where you can focus more. I kind of think of these intrusive thoughts like email notifications. Like when you're not actively involved in trying to get something done, They don't bother you so much. They ping, you answer it, you address it, whatever. But when you're actively focused on trying to get something out the door, all of a sudden those email notifications drive you nuts because they just ping you over and over and over again. 
That's kind of like these intrusive thoughts. They're happening anyway. You just allowed those disruptions previously. And now that you're trying to focus on another task, it's obvious to you how distracting they are. And meditation allows you to become aware of those thoughts. And I say this in every episode, but once we become aware of something, we cannot help but change. The second reason you're having intrusive thoughts while you're meditating, and another benefit, is that these are the thoughts that you might have suppressed or repressed at some time or at some point, and they're finally forcing their way into your consciousness at their first opportunity to be recognized. They might be the thoughts that you've ignored, and they're just seizing their opportunity. And as we just talked about, you have so much going on in your head all the time that many thoughts don't get their moment, their moment of awareness. And some of them might be unimportant, sure, but there might be some that are really important and they've been suppressed. And so they're just waiting for their opportunity to pop up. And yes, I'm personifying our thoughts because they are a part of us. And for me, I always think of my thoughts as like a part of my inner child. The subject of the thought doesn't really matter. It just wants to be noticed, and that's fine. And once you notice it, give it some attention, and it goes away. That's why most meditators will never tell you to ignore your thoughts or to dismiss them. They'll be like, notice them, give, get, acknowledge them, welcome them to the table, offer them some tea, and then allow them to carry on their way. Sometimes thoughts just want to be recognized. Because sometimes they have important information. Sometimes they have good observations, but sometimes they just want attention. And meditation creates a safe space for you to do so. And if you have a lot of thoughts that are in the queue waiting to be recognized, well, this creates a beautiful opportunity for you to start working through that. The third benefit of intrusive thoughts is that it points to the fact that you are on the brink of change. And the reason we know this is because of the ego. What does our ego do anytime we're about to make change, positive or negative? It throws a fit. It doesn't like it. It wants to maintain status quo. So what our ego will do is while we're trying to meditate, even though it's a positive change, our ego creates resistance because it doesn't love that we're trying to grow and expand. And if you've let these intrusive thoughts stop you before, your ego is going to use that tactic again to try to get you to stop meditating. And usually it'll do this in phases. And an example of how this might work is, initially you sit down, it's like, all right, let's send these thoughts over here, do, 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 let's start getting her thinking about vacuuming and this thing we need to do for work later, and okay, now we're just going to randomly throw in a giraffe for whatever reason, that might tick her off. You start experiencing these thoughts and you're like, what the heck? No, okay, focus, refocus, blah, blah, shake it off. I'm refocusing, I'm meditating, we're clearing the mind. You know, you're having this internal monologue and your ego's like, okay, phase one, check. Phase two, let's go. All right, we're bringing out the big guns. Let's start thinking about all the things she needs to do today. Okay, we need to go to the grocery store. I need to create a grocery list. Oh, I really need to finish up that proposal for this, that, and the other And, oh, okay, I need to send an email with this, this, and this. We can get it printed before that meeting. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have so many things I need to do today. And then what happens? Oh, you know what? I really don't have time to meditate. I just need to go start doing those things. And your ego's like, yes, got her. And this ego component is a part of why I never meditated. Status quo is the better option. Even though I was stressed out of my mind at the time. It's like that saying goes, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. 
And that is how our ego keeps us from meditating or to consistently meditating for a period of time. So when you start experiencing these intrusive thoughts and you start getting irritated and annoyed with yourself and you're telling yourself it's okay to just stop and that this is a waste of time, you're not even good at it anyway, just know that this is not your higher self talking to you. This is the side of you that's fearful of change. And what that tells you is that you're very close to creating real change for yourself. On the other side of all of these thoughts, on the other side of pushing through that edge, that edge of annoyance, on the other side of this discomfort is where the neural pathways will form that will help you recreate your life, that will help you manifest the things you want. And eventually, meditation will start becoming easier for you. And those thoughts will start dissipating. And that's when you know that you've really made it to a beautiful place with meditation. Which brings me to the fourth and final beautiful thing about intrusive thoughts, which is that they create resistance, irritation within us. And when our brains feel this resistance in the way of discomfort or irritation, this friction tells our brains that our neural circuitry needs to change. When our brains experience resistance, that cues need to change, need to rewire. So this allows us to physically mold our brains and prime ourselves for a healthier mindset. And that is super powerful. So the resistance, the frustration, the irritation you might feel at these intrusive thoughts, embrace it. Because that's all a part of the positive change that's happening. That's all a part of this cycle of change that you're experiencing. So just in case any of those points didn't make this abundantly clear, the discomfort we feel from these intrusive thoughts is exactly what you want to experience if you're interested in personal development or personal growth. So when you're sitting down on the mat or you're sitting in your car or you're sitting in a chair or wherever you meditate and these thoughts start bubbling up like, hey, we should just be done. We've done enough. This is uncomfortable. I can't turn off my brain anyway. This is so pointless. I'm so bad at this. This is a waste of time. We're literally just sitting here. I could be literally doing anything else right now. This is not productive. When those thoughts start coming up, keep going. When you get to the edge of your discomfort, you're getting to the good part, the part that creates physical and energetic changes to your mind. And where there is discomfort, there is growth waiting on the other side. So take these intrusive thoughts as a sign that you're experiencing exactly what you need to experience in order to grow. You're exactly where you need to be. And you're teaching your brain how to be more organized, how to give a home for your thoughts to reside in, how to become more aware, how to retrain your ego to accept more change and to be a bit more resilient. All these really beautiful things. So if you get nothing else from today, take this home. Intrusive thoughts are a sign that you're on the right path with meditation. So don't let that be an excuse that you use in order to prevent you from embracing this really healthy habit. I encourage you to adopt a consistent practice, and consistency is totally up to you. For me, I like to do at least three minutes a day because that's where a lot of research says you get the most benefit is three minutes a day minimum. Up to 13 minutes is sort of like the ideal timing, according to research. Not really sure why it's 13, but that's apparently when you start to experience the most physical changes to your brain, as well as impacts to your nervous system. 
So 13 plus minutes a day is ideal. So extra bonus points if you go above and beyond and end up doing like 20, 30, 40, etc. I'm proud of you. So to give you the increments they studied in the Huberman Lab, another awesome podcast, by the way, they were three minutes is the minimum required to experience positive changes in the brain and nervous system. Five minutes was like minimum plus. You're still experiencing the minimum positive changes that will take place in your brain and nervous system, but you've almost doubled how quickly you will notice the results. So instead of six months, you might speed up that timeline and notice changes after three months. And that's another thing about meditation. The results are not overnight, but they're so worth it and they don't wear off easily either as a result. So it might take a few weeks or a few months to experience the results, but once you do, they're long lasting. And if you keep a consistent meditation practice moving forward, that'll ensure that these changes are permanent for you. And then 13 minutes, so we have three and five minutes, and now we're at 13 minutes. 13 minutes and over is the minimum time in order to receive the greatest physical and mental changes to your brain and nervous system in the quickest amount of time. So the longer you meditate, the better, but 13 minutes is really the threshold for the greater and faster changes to occur. And of course, 20, 30, 40 minutes, two hours, all of this is awesome and probably even better. But the changes are more incremental after that 13 minutes. So 13 minutes is like the sweet spot threshold for you to experience maximum changes. So if you're an overachiever, 13 minutes a day is what you can strive for. And if you can't do 13 minutes, try five or even three. Three minutes a day is the minimum to experience any sort of change. So maybe one day you do 13 and the next you do three. The next day you do five and the next day you do 40. It doesn't necessarily matter if you're consistent with the amount of time that you're doing each time, just as long as there is a consistency to the practice. You don't have to be black or white about this, right? It's not, I can either do 13 minutes today or I'm going to do nothing. Remember, we can live in that gray area. Three minutes is equally satisfactory. And the biggest differentiator between those who have a successful meditation practice that creates change and those who don't is consistency. Like I said, it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't even have to be every other day. Whatever consistency looks like to you, you get to define what consistency is. Just make sure that consistency isn't like once a month, you know? (laughs) We're talking like once or twice a week at a minimum. And if you can do every day, awesome. And if you do choose to go the once or twice a week route, try to go for a little more. See if you can get to the 20, 30, 40 mark in order to help yourself see the results quicker. And if you can meditate every day, then maybe some days you do the three and the five. And if you choose to meditate every single day for a minimum of 13 minutes, you get a gold star. How about that? (laughs) But remember, something is always better than nothing. One minute a day is 365 minutes a year. And that is so much better than doing zero. So what I do on the days where I ran out of time or I just simply forgot to meditate, I always check in before I go to bed. And as I'm crawling into bed, if I realize that I forgot to meditate, I will pull out my Fitbit, because if y'all remember that story, I still rock the Fitbit, and I set the timer for one minute, and I allow that to be my meditation for the day. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. It's about a consistent practice. Just allow yourself a few moments to sit still and to allow yourself to clear your mind and decide what your minimum amount of time could be for that moment or for that day that you forgot. And anything is better than nothing. And if you can do more than a minute or more than three minutes, anything over that is a bonus. So design a practice that best fits your lifestyle. Design your consistency 
And then let me know in the Instagram messages how you're doing. I'd love to know what effects you're seeing because the effects I saw from meditation were different than effects my friends experienced with meditation. And I'm always so curious to hear how people's experience with this is. Like, I want to know what it's helping you with. And if you want an accountability buddy, I'm happy to be that sounding board for you. Let me know what your goal is and I'll be cheering for you on the side. Maybe we can form like a minimum meditation club. (laughs) Those of us that are committed to doing at least three minutes a day, the bare minimum. So we talked about a lot today, so let me just go ahead and recap the benefits of having these intrusive thoughts or some of the reasons why we might be having these intrusive thoughts. The first one we talked about is that your brain's probably having those thoughts anyway, and now you have awareness and recognition of them. And what we become aware of, we can change. The second one is that these thoughts might be forcing their way into your consciousness so they can be recognized. They want to be acknowledged. The third one is that our ego can be using these to create resistance so that we stop this practice because this practice will create healthy change and our ego doesn't love change. And the fourth reason this could be helpful is that when our brain feels resistance or irritation because of these intrusive thoughts, it actually signals our brain to create change. It signals our brain to create new neural circuitry. And that is really healthy and good for us. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope it gave you some things to think about, and I hope it gives you some nuggets that you can reference the next time you hear a friend or loved one say, I don't meditate because I can't shut my brain off. You can be like, here's this podcast episode I just listened to. Here you go. Enjoy. While I'm over here Oprah style, like you get meditation and you get meditation and everybody gets meditation, except meditating because it's a verb. (laughs) Hopefully they tune in and they're like, oh, great. This actually sounds awesome. I'm going to embrace the suck. I'm going to embrace the discomfort and I'm going to become more resilient by accepting this challenge of having a meditation practice for myself. That is what I hope for all of you. (laughs) Like I said, meditation will change the world. So the biggest thing I want you to take away from this episode is not necessarily why we have these intrusive thoughts, because any and all of those answers that I provided could be right, or they could even alternate in being right. It's more important to recognize that intrusive thoughts don't have to be a reason for you to stop meditating. Instead, recognize that they could be a healthy indicator that you're on the right path, that you are allowing yourself to change for the better. And know that over time, they'll start to disappear. You'll start to get better at this practice. That's why we call meditation a practice. Because like anything else, the longer you do it, the more you're committed to it, the more consistent you are, the better you get at it. And over time, the intrusive thoughts will start to dissipate and will start to become fewer and farther between. So thank you everyone for joining me. I will do another episode soon on covering the benefits of meditation. And I'll talk a little bit more about the manifestation side of it as well. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me today. Have a fantastic rest of your week, and I will catch y'all in the next episode. Until then, go out there and manifest some miracles. And meditate. (laughs) I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. If you want to check out the show notes, head over to www.themodernmanifestation.com forward slash blog. If you're loving this podcast, please drop me a review, share this episode with a loved one, and follow me on Instagram at Modern Manifestation. I love y'all so much, and thanks for listening. Bye.